Brogan, Brogan. Yeah, what's up? Has man? anyone pointed out at the start of Elden Ring a guy tells you that you don't have a maiden? I think that would be very funny to translate to modern vernacular. Has anyone done this on Twitter.com, perhaps with a relevant Megamind meme that is going around? <laughs> I don't know how to break this, TM Murph, but yeah. Yeah, they did. They already they already beat you to it. What? But I'm on the cutting edge of comedy. I'll post it In anyway. In fact, I think I'm going to be ahead of everybody and instead do the Megamind meme, but go, no memes? Oh. No memes? And then there you go. Yeah, that's it. Welcome to the Elden Ring cast. Is memes the only thing you got for Elden Ring? Was that your only thought? Yeah, I, just, um, I could say things about Elden Ring. I can, I can say things about Elden Ring with the best of them. Okay, well then do it. Do so. Oh, <laughs> so much pressure. I'm, I'm turning off the podcast. I'm. Leaving. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I like, I like Elden Ring. Um, I think I still prefer Bloodborne, but I like it more than Dark Souls Three. Yeah, I agree with that. I think, um, man, it's a real big game, isn't it? It just, uh, it just keeps going. It's like the Energizer <laughs> Bunny. Okay, did you ever play Dark Souls Two? No. Okay, all right. That the, the okay. So I guess the thing I would say about design direction is is that I think Bloodborne and Sekiro went for a. We're going to make it short and sweet. Mm -hmm. And every little morsel is a dedicated combat thing. Mm -hmm. And then, like, Dark Souls 3 is sort of like it wants to be Bloodborne, but it knows deep down it's a Dark Souls. Yes. And Dark Souls 2 was, like, taking Dark Souls 1 but making it into, like, a real JRPG with length and quantity. Length and, and girth. Yeah, yeah, it was, Dark Souls 2 is like, yeah, it, it's got the most con uh, content out of the three Souls games. But that being said, Elden Ring blows all of that out of the water and goes for the Dark Souls 2 approach of let's just fucking have everything in the game. Yeah. So much content. It does feel a lot of, it's it's a little bit of everything all of the time. Uh... Yeah, yeah. And I mean, like, I think when you say you prefer Bloodborne or something, like, I don't. But that being said, I completely understand why someone would. I don't think Elden Ring is the goat of all time for everybody. No. No. I mean, I like it, but eh, it's just like, the you know, I got to the end of uh, the Leyendel Capital. And then I was like, oh, wait, this is uh, this is the halfway point, it seems. Yeah. And I was yeah, like, it's still going. And then I looked at my playtime, which was, you know, 40 some hours. And I was like, you know. I don't think I'm ever going to play this one again, or at least not immediately. Oh. And yeah, there's sort of the Breath of the Wild thing of you can, you know, you don't have to do all the content. You can just make a beeline. Um, yeah. But at the same time, I'm not good enough to just make a beeline. I only got yeah. good enough, like, my third playthrough of Bloodborne, I was good enough to bumrush Kanehurst Castle and... Uh, beat martyr logarius at level 25 there you go all right now you're trying to break out the cred make me look bad no, yeah I'm well you're you're very no, low level uh in contrast to other people in these games i i don't think there's I, I yeah i don't see a lot i mean obviously there's reasons to level but i don't really like 
I don't play the game like that. I don't know. Hmm. <laughs> you're you're more you're more like the lore hound. You're just looking, trying to Pepe Sylvia no. the whole thing. Murph, I'm gonna be real. I have no idea what's going on in the game. Why do they call him the loathsome <laughs> dung eater? Because uh, I don't know. I I think people aren't a fan of his dietary habits. Uh, I, I, is it because he wears assume. a big hat? <laughs> uh i like i like the dung eater the dung eater is my second favorite npc in the game really? actually like in terms of like a real npc he's my favorite favorite really yes you you like the guy who who says i'm gonna defile your corpse as a form of saying goodbye all right i guess this is really gonna actually become a souls cast now <laughs> um my favorite like things in the games are like the corrupted, filthy. Uh, in I'm an invader. Like I, invader covenants, okay. et cetera, et cetera. So like I'm not like a holy paladin type guy. I'm much more like a. I will wear this dung thing and I will defile <laughs> your corpse. And I yeah, it, it's good. It's all good stuff. Too. Boy, I guess we know who you're turning to into in the apocalypse. Yeah, uh, I, you know, you know what it is. I I do like most of the NPCs in this. Actually, I think this is, uh probably my favorite i don't know world i guess uh from from soft i i think that's one of the nicest things about it is like with that open space and content it allows it to feel like a real living breathing world yes sure. and that was um that was always my problem with dark souls one um yeah i know what i'm about to say you're going to counter with that's the intent but my problem with dark souls okay. one was always that it felt dead and I mean that as in, like, yeah. sterile, barren. It didn't feel like anything had ever lived in, in there. It felt like I was walking on a model. Yeah, I can see that. It feels empty, but it also feels... There's no other way to say it other than it's intentionally empty. Well, yeah. I think it's also a technical limitation. Yeah. Like, you know, when you look at a very similar environment in, like, Elden Ring, and there the enemies are, like, making little noises as you hit them, or they're sort of gangling around. There's a lot of animation uh, yeah. charm to them. There's a liveliness to them that's otherwise not present. Yeah, whereas in Dark Souls 1, everything's real stiff. And that's probably just from, like, the time it came out, and also from Soft not being one of the biggest names in the gaming industry. Yeah, I mean, like, in terms of stiffness or deadness, like... If if that's how you feel about it, I would not tell you to play like the Kingsfield games because mm. that's all space and like two guys in a corner. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I I remember you telling me once it's like it doesn't feel like it's a world worth fighting for, and yeah. you know it feels empty, it feels lifeless. I think those things are you're meant to feel that, and then in terms of like, I think the NPCs in like Dark Souls one. They are more calculated than in Dark or than in Elden Ring, where it's like they sort of. Um, I don't think there is anybody in Elden Ring that rivals Solaire in terms of iconography or in terms of like what it could possibly mean for a player's disposition. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, and no, I, would I say see that. It, and and I would say Solaire would be the reason to keep playing you know what i mean like solaire is the bright spot yeah. dark souls is a lot of darkness with like a little bit of a bright spot to keep going whereas elden ring is much more of uh just uh yeah you're 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 in a lived-in world um the other thing in terms of npcs is i think this is hitting the point now where i'm annoyed at where 
mm-hmm. at losing NPCs and not knowing where their quest lines are. Oh, I, I was afraid of it going in, and I'm now like, are, it's a problem. Are you saying you would like a quest log? Yes, in I would. A FromSoft yes. game? Actually, I I oh. said it once to another guy. The thing that I really need, mm-hmm. I don't need a quest log. What I would like is a, a log that has NPC interactions where I last met them and the recorded dialogue. Yes. Which I don't think is offensive at all. No, I don't think that's asking a lot. I kind of like dreamed up a concept where at like a site of grace, you could replay like memories of a conversation or something. Yeah. See, I mean, I think that would be an, a more elegant or stylish way to do what I would want, which is just a fucking Excel spreadsheet. But that being said, it's just like something, something to where I don't have to like guess or project what's going on. Because I will say when the NPCs are on like right in front of you, they do signpost. They do say what they want you to do or where they're going or whatever. Sometimes. And then it's like, okay, it, it's it's kind of, it's okay to figure out. Or like, um, I will say in terms of lore, I'm not going to spiel on it, but I will say this game's more explicit about what's going on. Oh yeah. Like, I like that. I think it's very important that, um, I think the problem with dark souls is you need like 10 wiki articles and then like Vati video mm-hmm. to explain to the basic person what's going on. And I do think that's a failing. I legit do think like, Hey, yeah. if you need to have someone give you a cliff notes on the thing you spent 80 hours doing, there's a problem. I was going to say that's, you know, that's the reason why kids don't like reading Moby Dick in high school because yeah. they need to be told that it's great. They can't see it for themselves, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and I think Elden Ring, it still has the depth of uh, the other titles, but then it allows that uh, barrier of entry comes down. It's a lot more accessible, even in terms of gameplay. I think in terms of gameplay, it, it goes so much i you know i'm so shocked reading the discourse on twitter mm-hmm. about like oh what fromsoft can or can't do in terms of appealing to new players they do so much every game murph the stakes of america alone oh my god yes that alone is just proof that fromsoft is aware of what players do and don't like and what can be hostile to new players yeah if i if from ever dials it back and i have to do another boss run like going to see the scaleless uh we're gonna have a problem yeah yeah you know i've seen a lot of people saying that this is the most accessible from soft game and i don't know maybe this is my favoritism showing but i always felt bloodborne was exceedingly accessible because you only like elden ring sort of bombards you with all these stats and systems that are just a little bit you need to consult a wiki to know how to play optimally, whereas Bloodborne had always felt like playing optimally was just entirely your skill. I don't know how to phrase this exactly. Bloodborne feels very straightforward to me. I guess I should say I would that. agree with that. Look, I think there's multiple ways to answer that question. I would say before Elden Ring, I would tell... If someone asked me what I think a random person's favorite game would be if they played FromSoft games, I would guess Bloodborne. Like, if I just picked up a random guy on the street, mm-hmm. I'd be like, your game would probably be Bloodborne. That would probably be the one you could access the most, and you would understand viscerally what the appeal of the uh, design philosophy is. Yeah. But that being said, um, I think Elden Ring has a 
different approach regarding what can be accessible. Yes, Bloodborne exceeds in in simplicity and is much more like straightforward in terms of aesthetic and appeal where it's like dude you just gotta look at the box art and you know exactly what you're getting and you know like and even the twists and turns like all of it just hits right where even if you don't understand what's going on in that like in dark souls you still effectively understand what's going on like you understand that you know you're beyond your element yeah bloodborne relies on a lot of shorthand of the genre whereas if you've ever been vaguely exposed to any sort of gothic or lovecraftian story you you get the gist like when i was playing bloodborne a huge souls friend of mine asked like so what have you figured out in terms of the plot and i was like it's pretty straightforward this is like a, a dime novel gothic horror like all the clues are yeah. there <laughs> yeah yeah the complexities and the details but like that being said the broad overarching like oh, how am I supposed to feel in these moments or Mm -hmm. what am I supposed to be thinking about? Those things are very explicit and signposted for the player. Whereas like Elden Ring, similar thing. I think think your thing about the complexity regarding RPG stuff is more tied to number one, the built-in fantasy aspects versus gothic aspects Mm -hmm. where it's like, oh yeah, it's a fantasy world written by George R.R. Martin. I don't, you know what I mean? Like that that will be naturally more complex. Or like in terms of RPG, yes, there's so much quantity to it. There's a lot more things regarding that stuff. I don't necessarily think that's player hostile. Yeah. Um, especially in terms of this game. I We could talk more about like earlier Souls games where I think it could be player hostile. But this one largely uh, still wants to make sure you know what's going, like you know how to de- tackle things. Mm-hmm. And I think in terms of like JRPG fans or open world fans, this may be more uh, initially appealing than Bloodborne. Yeah. I think um, my biggest, com- well, not my biggest, the one that's been on my mind a lot with FromSoft Design that I think they haven't really addressed is that they have a lot of different damage types in this game, and I don't really know when any of them are applicable. You know what I'm saying? What do you mean by applicable? Like, w- when when is it appropriate to Pokemon the villain? I guess, Yeah. I guess that's it. Like, I can read on Twitter.com that this, or the Wikipedia, that this boss is weak to strike damage, but that doesn't mean I'm going to go out and start investing in a strike weapon for no 20, no, I, 20 points more this damage. Is, or, this is a standard Souls problem. Um, this, They've always been like this, by the way. Yeah. But that being said, no, you're not meant to just, maybe you are in Elden Ring with the quantity, but I doubt it you're not meant to just pick up a weapon and be like, oh, this is Pokemon. This is the water Pokemon. I yeah. need to use my electric attack. Like, no, it's it's much more like built for builds. This is meant for build variety. Because I would say like my biggest criticisms of like Bloodborne or Dark Souls 3 is they're very limited in variety. And um, yeah, they're limited in build variety. And the only time I'm switching weapons is to be more immune to Scarlet Rot and the Lake of Rot. You know, it's not like I'm looking at a boss and being like, hmm, he's dealing crush damage. Better switch to my crush-resistant armor. You know, yeah, yeah, it, none of that. a system like that, it would feel like you'd want to be building an arsenal and switching on the fly, but that's never how players have ever played from soft games. You pick your build, and then you adjust as you find things, not as you encounter enemies, if that makes sense. Again, there's there's been bosses resistant or otherwise. I don't think this is a problem with Elden Ring. Or if it is a problem with Elden Ring, it's been a problem yeah. for uh, over a decade. 
Let's just say no, that. no. I think it's a problem with FromSoft's designs. I think you could really just remove all those different damage types and just have a damage stat. And I don't really think I would play the game all that differently. Murph, Murph. Oh no. Oh no. Am I? Am I? Am I game oh, no. journalisting? You got a bad take. I oh, don't no. know what to tell you, man. Oh dear. Uh, okay. All right. I, I'll, here's what I'll say. Um, I I don't want that. No. Okay. I, I prefer the RPG aspects of the title, and I don't care necessarily if I need to adjust my playstyle for a specific boss. I'm not going to necessarily do that. In fact, I think, okay, let's let's put it this way. You're meant to fight bosses differently based on your build. It's not so much that I need to switch to a blunt instrument to attack the blunt instrument boss. It's more like, oh, I've got a spell thing. Now I have to completely have a different playstyle for this boss. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the biggest problems with later from soft titles is is that they did have a more focused uh, boss selection where they want, and it's why Sekiro is very limited in your combat pool. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, we can art like perfectly craft a singular experience. And that's what I think you want. Whereas mm -hmm. I want 10 different ways to solve the boss problem. And, and if one is not efficient because there's another boss down the road that was more efficient for my build, I think that's perfectly fine. And that was, that was intended. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I I don't think I really want the Sekiro approach. I guess dialing back, I wanted the Bloodborne approach where there's only really, what, 15 weapons in the game? Yeah. And then there's no encumbrance limit, so you can equip whatever armor you want. I mean, I think Bloodborne is like a satisfactory uh, like compromise. I still think Bloodborne's too lacking for me. I don't like Bloodborne that much. Okay. Um, But that being said, like... I'm not, I'm not going to decide again. I think it's a really good experience. And that being said, it does have strength variety. It does have quality variety. It mm. does have dexterity. It has arcane and it even has blood tinge. And I like blood tinge a lot. Yeah. Blood tinge is a, a sick build. My last build was blood tinge. Okay. Here's another way. I, say, I don't like the blood gems in bloodborne. The blood gems mm. are like super bad. And it's like, the, is the main reason for depth beyond just what you put your stats into. It's like based on heavy RNG on, uh, your chalice dungeons or you know locations and then that's that's really it that's all you got i i like the blood gems <laughs> i i prefer the blood gems to uh how dark souls one did weapon crafting where i had no idea what was going on or i guess weapon i guess upgrading like i i would tab over the different like weapon types like oh you can make your weapon a heavy weapon but it looks like I'm dealing less damage, so why would I pick that? Let's move on from this okay. topic. We can keep talking about Elden Ring, but <laughs> I don't want to go. I don't want to get mired in stat conversation. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, so how about the open world end of it? Do you like Elden Ring being an open world? Yes, one hundred percent. And it goes into the, it goes into what you just said, where you complained about approaching a boss and being like, "Well, I don't think this was intended for me, or at least intended for me at this level." Yeah. Whereas there's probably something for you that the developers intended somewhere else in the game. So you can go get that, come back to this boss, and then deal with it with your build. Yeah, I suppose now that I'm thinking about it, they do offer a pretty easy-to-access respec option. Yes. Pretty early into the game. So I guess that's sort of how you switch things up should you choose to. Um, mm -hmm. Like last podcast, or really the first podcast, I was talking about Sekiro, how if when you reached a wall in that game, 
all you could really do is get good because that's how Sekiro was designed. With this, if you hit a like hard boss too early, you can just do a 360 and walk away. I, I think I think in terms of design, I don't want to say it's the exact opposite or polar opposite, but in for me, this is the antithesis of Sekiro. Yeah. For me personally. No, I think this is. And I don't really like lumping Sekiro in with the other souls born games because it's really I agree. it's really not I, I i think it's it's much more comparable to a ninja gaiden yeah or something yeah um, definitely and 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 here's the thing is is if you want like if someone wanted to argue against me for that i think if you measured sekiro in terms of a souls game it fails mm-hmm. like i don't want to rank it on those terms i want to rank it on how it deals with combat encounters and it's in polish yeah whereas you know elden ring went for a different thing where it's less polished but it goes for uh you know more different content yeah and, stuff. and I, I like how elden ring you can break it very easily i like games like that like yeah i, I don't mind seeing that a boss i struggled on an, a high intelligence player and i mean that in terms of the stat not <laughs> uh no walk, you're big brain walk walked ahead. into the boss arena and just did the, the kamehameha at it and won you know, I don't mind seeing yeah. that because I'm like, oh, it's cool that the devs allow that to happen. Because I th- and and, I, and to me, the player earns that. Yeah, the player does earn that by figuring out what that is and what that does and how to use the systems together. It's what you said earlier. Is like there's so many systems, you're overwhelmed to start. That is its own challenge is mm-hmm. to figure out how the game works, and then breaking it is the final test. You know. Yeah. And then there are some bosses that I think demand to be broken. Um, yeah. I'm not a fan of their approach to boss design in this, where every boss feels like it has to be able to do everything. You know, well, I, okay, I would say, uh, depend. Oh my god. Okay, so there's so many bosses. There are this. so many there's bosses. There's so many. There's so many bosses, I think it craves nuance to what you just said. Mm. Number one, I would say the mini-bosses don't count to what you're saying. No. I think the mini-bosses are much more just like a they took a special enemy, put them in the, the room of a dungeon. The of smallest small dungeon. room imaginable. And and that's totally fine for me. I, I, I enjoy those. Sometimes fights. they put three of them in a room. <laughs> Do you want to do you want to rant about that or are you good? No, no, I'm just I'm just overly bitter to losing to the watchdog and his four gank goblins 500 times and then abandoning that character. <laughs> did you have a problem like did you have a bigger problem with Capra Demon? So I uh I skipped Capra Demon. You did? Yeah. Wow. I had the key. Why would you start with the key on your first playthrough? I didn't know it would let me skip most of the game or most of the early game it said it opens doors otherwise couldn't be open yeah i thought it was like a i thought it was like a jill lockpick thing whatever okay (laughs) (laughs) anyways that being said um in terms of major bosses like margo or whatever Mm -hmm. yeah i think they they go overboard on some of it i like the demigod bosses because i get the feeling a lot of those were gimmicky i like the i I like gimmick bosses my favorite bosses 
in Souls games have been Demon Souls. Demon Souls has been my favorite roster of bosses. And that is because it is more based on problem solving and your knowledge of the game or your own wits about you versus uh, mashing the dodge button when you've memorized the boss's animation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can buy that. I think um, like my favorite boss in the game so far is probably Renala. And, yeah. you know, that's a very easy boss. I beat it second attempt, but I like the spectacle of it. And, yes. you know, the the tone of it. And then contrast that with a boss like Radon, who maybe I tackled yeah. when I was a bit too low level. Um, but, you know, that's a very spectacle-focused boss as well. The problem is it's so difficult that the 50th time the spectacle has worn off and it just makes the boss, like, that much more, I don't know, drawn out. No, no, I get it. I like Radon, too. T to be honest, Radon... Um... Radon reminds me of a Dark Souls 2 boss, so I didn't mind. Okay. If it reminded me of Dark Souls 2, I didn't care about it. Or at least it, it made me aware that it was an intentional design decision and they were trying to explore a concept or polish it out. Same thing with those chariots in the mini dungeons. I never minded them I don't at mind all the because chariots. I had already played. What? I don't mind the chariots. Yeah, I, I, th I, think they're, I think they're just part of the levels and stuff. And I, I think maybe they shouldn't be one-hit kill upon touching. But that being yeah. said, they're... they're, they're purpose is like very clear mm -hmm. you know yeah no i i don't mind that at all not not one lick um could i but but radon is like the overboard for you uh yeah mostly because i i think it's mostly the run-up to him is sure is annoying <laughs> yeah i think if that if it was a shorter run-up to him or his arrows didn't have such great tracking then yeah. it would be it would be better for me. <laughs> did you not use the stuff as cover? I did use the stuff as cover, but even doing that, it still takes like, you know, half a minute just to get up where he stops shooting arrows. And the entire time, if you like, you know, mistime something once, there goes half your health bar. So that's one less flask you have for actually fighting him. I, I think that's my one bit. My, my one actual problem, if I could tweak the bosses, is I think they do too much damage. Yeah. Maybe, maybe like maybe it's just a leveling thing because I was under leveled. But that being said, like I, I just straight up think they they do too much. They damage. really want you to level vitality in this. Like I'm yes. at I'm yeah, at 35 yeah. vitality, level 104. I went back to a uh, dungeon I had missed. I think uh, where was that? Uh, where in the lake, Lake Linuria or whatever it is. Sure. And the dungeon boss of that uh, hit me once and took out a third of my health bar. <laughs> yes, and and it's so punishing, but it's like punishing in a way that's like, you know, what 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 are we doing here? Yeah. You know? No, I don't. This game will probably be patched to adjust a lot of these first For impressions. At least, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I hope so. But the the one thing I was gonna say regarding Radon, and I wanted to pivot to a more broad concept was did you use torrent very much i like torrent i think one of the best things about this game is the mobility mm -hmm. the jump button and the and the steed the mount yeah i like i think all of that's awesome i like torrent torrent's a good boy uh i like yeah no actually i didn't use torrent that much in the radon run-up because torrent cannot strafe faster than his arrows track <laughs> no you need to be able to dodge the purple arrows but that being said once he does the once he does the shower you, mm -hmm. you can use torrent for the shower and more importantly i use torrent to whack 
uh, Radon. I would, I would, you did the way hit I and run. Radon, uh, yeah, I would hit and run. That's yeah. how I did it. I, I tried that, but it seems like, I know this is the intent, but when you get knocked off Torrent, it's a lot of like mashing the it's dodge punishing. button waiting yeah. for your your guy to stop groaning and get up <laughs> like yeah in a lot of frontsoft games and games in general i'm not fond of enemies that have long grab attacks i think they're they're funny i'm i'm pro grab they're attack. funny the first time <laughs> nah they're funny every time man okay i love them. Uh, do you also put down <laughs> finger butthole messages yes yes <laughs> big chest ahead yeah yes. uh like I'm a simple man, man. I put down a message that's been healing me through some tough times. That's good. That, that keeps you going. That, that keeps me <laughs> going. I put down in the mimic tier boss. I put down. Could this be lover? Yeah, yeah. Um, what are you hoping for the DLC? I don't know if this game needs DLC. I think I think at the very least, according to Lance McDonald, um, apparently there's a a PvP arena. Okay, I could see that. Yeah, I yeah, I think stuff like that would be good or just general like content additions. I don't necessarily need another map. That's the thing. I, think, like, I don't need like a an Artorius in the abyss. You know what this. they could do is they could do the uh the Far Cry thing where they just reuse the map but maybe they change like what time period it's set in. Doesn't Dark Souls do two do something like that where um, you go into the memories of a giant or something? That's not DLC. That's just that's no, just in the game. I, I could see them that's doing something the like that. But 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 that being said, yeah. Well, you do go to other lands or whatever. Anyways, uh, you made me lose it because you made me think about Dark Souls, too, <laughs> my beloved. I'm sorry, <laughs> my my sweet darling. No, um, honestly, the thing, the best DLC for me in terms of FromSoft games, uh, is probably Bloodborne. The Bloodborne was the. The problem with these games a lot of times is content. Bloodborne's biggest problem is the base game vanilla Bloodborne kind of sucks in content. I would I would I would agree with that. Without Old Hunters, I couldn't imagine the game. Yeah. Yeah. And this game is like the only things that I would really want are what you just said or the thing I remembered just now was world states. The one thing I I talked to somebody about is interactivity with the world and one of the reasons why i probably still like breath of the wild better or if not in its own way is because breath of the wild encourages you to engage with the mechanics of like the physics of the living breathing yeah. world aka the elements and and how the world changes and how you have to adapt to the changes like if it rains in breath of the wild you can't climb a mountain yeah you know what i mean like stuff like that is not in elden ring and I, I'm not necessarily blaming them. I think they've, they certainly worked for their game. Yeah. That being said, is you feel it, and DLC could supplement that. I don't know. So you want it to be more? You want the DLC to like, I don't know, adjust the base game's mechanics, or do you yes. want? Okay. Uh, not necessarily like give them like climbing mechanics. Yeah. Anything, no. No. I'm not no, saying. But I mean, not like, like a Sims expansion. Change in world states would be the biggest one, or something like that. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I could see that. I, I definitely don't need the game to be more because it's enough, or it might actually be too much. You know, the comparison I'm going to make is uh, I started watching The Sopranos for the first time recently, and I finished sure. I finished season one, and I was like, man, this is a real good show. How much is left? And I saw that there's like six and a half more seasons, and I was like, 
it's a heavy time investment but the but then the other thing is is like how many rpgs do you play murph in terms of jrpgs jrpgs not really yeah i mean i guess that's the thing is is like when you say 40 hours is a heavy time investment it's like not for not for some people i know some people i know are very comfortable devoting 200 hours to something i did put in 100 hours into assassin's creed odyssey but mostly that was (laughs) i was bound by honor for that do you think your 100 hours of Assassin's Creed Odyssey would be more uh, fulfilling than 100 hours of Elden Ring? Uh, I mean, yes. On a, yeah, like, <laughs> uncritically, yes. Uh, actually, actually, can I can I speak to the gamers for a moment? Can I just, uh, you know, I'm seeing a lot of people, you know, sometimes rightfully dunking on Ubisoft, uh, especially in context of this game. I'm seeing a lot of, like, if Ubisoft made Elden Ring images where it's got like a big ass arrow pointing you where to go in a mini map and quest identifiers and god damn it you idiots are making me defend the sex abuse company <laughs> i just i think i i think people are really toxic and entitled when it comes and like if no one can criticize a FromSoft game yeah that was the one thing i was worried about i part of me was like you know i knew elden ring was gonna be good but then like the hero worship Mm-hmm. of FromSoft as a company and like their design principles is very scary because yeah. then it's like th- there's no conversation to be had yeah it's just the last three assassin's creed games valhalla odyssey origins all featured very um adjustable difficulty not just for the combat but for the ui and the quests themselves um odyssey flat out recommends you play in what they call immersive mode, where it means you don't have map markers. You don't have an arrow telling you where to go. Instead, you got to talk to NPCs and they give you directions. And then you got to look at your map and be like, hmm, they said it was south of here, so I'm going to place a pin down there and go in that direction and hope I see a landmark. You know, like, and Valhalla has real minimalist UI. All it has is that compass at the top, which, you know, Elden Ring also has. It's just like Red Dead Redemption also like goes it it's scary. I don't know if you played Red Dead Redemption 2. It's scary how like built in the game it wants or it enables someone who doesn't want the map turned on. Yeah. It like there is heavy uh location signifiers and for 99% of people they will not pay attention to those location signifiers and they will go for the mini map. They will yeah. prefer the mini map. And Red Dead Redemption 2 has just as much, I would argue probably just ha- has just as much effort as Elden Ring when it comes to the detail put into the world yeah. and the environment. And um, the other thing I was going to say in terms of like UI and UX is like, we again, it goes back to like, oh, they think FromSoft is an unwavering bastion. Yeah. This is the first uh, FromSoft game that actively has a real map. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, imagine playing Elden Ring without a map. And that would have been so inexcusable. That, that would have been literally an impossible game to play. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, 100%. I just, uh, you know, I think there is a thing of it's okay when FromSoft does it. And, yeah. you know, sometimes it does come down to they do it good. But, you know, if... I think the true innovation from FromSoft's like design that transfers to an open world game is your currency and your XP are the same resource. You know, yeah. if you could not sell like the weapons you don't want to use for XP, then there would be riots in the street, you know. 
people would be saying that there's so many useless loot drops, like I see people talk about for other open world games. But yeah. if I get a weapon I don't can't or don't want to use, I can sell that, and now I'm 10% closer to a level. And you know what? That yeah, makes yeah, yeah. hunting dungeons real worthwhile. I don't sell my stuff. I don't ever sell. You don't? I hoard like a monster. I do that, and then I, I take a look and be like, you know what? I'm real close to a level, or I'm real close to that upgrade price from not Andre. Yeah. From, from Stony Andre. You know what? I yeah. like that guy. I like... I think he's my favorite Smith. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, I, I, we can talk more about Blood... Uh, not Bloodborne. <laughs> we can talk more about Elden Ring... Uh, in future iterations, because I'm sure I'll still be playing it come uh, two weeks from now. I just, I, I kind of want to get it over with now, and then like do new game plus or something as like a, as like a breather. Anyways, I guess we should talk about dinosaurs at some point, right? Dinosaurs. Yeah, that's uh, that's the topic of the week, the uh, the variety minute, the retrospective. Murph, I am so stupid. I am very stupid. I didn't even think about adding Mario to the list of dinosaur games. Hmm. Mario World? Yeah. Mar um, Yoshi. Yoshi's like a big one, right? Is So Yoshi started as a dinosaur, but I think they transferred him more over into like a dragon category in later things, right? T okay. I, I, uh, yeah, all right. We should we should delineate what a what a thing is. There's a distinction between mutant reptiles, like in Rampage, when you mm -hmm. become Lizzie, it is because Soda has turned you into a reptile Godzilla. Yes. And then there's dragons, like in Dark Souls. And then there's actual dinosaurs from the from the whatever lithic era, mm -hmm. the Jurassic era. I don't actually know my my uh, eras. But that being said, the real uh, dinosaurs. I think Yoshi technically is a dinosaur. But that being said, he can still breathe fire like uh -huh. a dragon. Maybe that's just what dinosaurs did, and we don't have the uh, the evidence. <laughs> yeah. I I think that's a good move is to instead of do the weird thing where they add feathers to a dinosaur. This is the scientifically accurate dinosaur. Yeah. What if we just made the dinosaurs cooler? Yeah, no, no. I'm very I'm very pro dinosaurs in video games. Dinosaurs are a way of doing aliens or demons with but not. You know, you know what I'm saying? I think it I think it allows you to not fall into pitfalls of whatever you're doing. Like if it was aliens or demons, those are very specific things. Whereas like dinosaurs, I don't like Jurassic Park is your primary text. Yeah. For like a modern sci-fi dinosaur thing. So there's still a lot of untreaded ground. Yeah, and I think I think dinosaurs you can just get away with them being evil because Yeah. PETA's not gonna get mad. Or maybe they have, I don't know. But, you know, there's, like, Capcom just revealed that uh, new game, Exoprimal, where it's about yeah. suiting up in mech suits to mow down hordes of dinosaurs. They're treated like bugs. Or yeah. they're treated like a Starship Trooper, you know, Yeah, aliens. no, no, they're, like, absolutely no... Uh, humanity's not the right word, but the dinosaurs are always violent, always hungry. If that game was about yeah. like a black hole opening and a bunch of lions poured out, people would be having a problem with like suiting up in mechs and fighting them with swords. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I agree with that because like yeah, dinosaurs are literally just animals. So like yeah, but they're not should be upset by it. But yeah, but they're not treated as just animals, and I think that's the reptilian angle because yeah. you can get away with a lot of reptilian enemies in games. Yeah, there's there's connotations and stuff to that. Yeah, I agree. I was gonna ask you, in terms of like. When you were a kid, and I don't, I wish someone would define what kind of kids each kid is. Mm-hmm. But like, you wish there, there was, was dinosaur chart. kids I knew. I I knew I knew kids who like were experts in dinosaurs. I you know you know I could probably name a few dinosaurs if you put a Parasaurolophus in front of me. I'd probably identify it. But I, I'm not like a I guess not a religious follower of the Saurians. I was always more into, like, the paranormal and cryptids, which dinosaurs sometimes traips into. Is Loch Ness a dinosaur? That's up for interpretation. <laughs> it could... <laughs> most people say a plesiosaur. Okay. But right. it's also been cited walking on land. So who's to say? That's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. The true best dinosaur right. cryptid is Michele McKimbe. Or however that's pronounced. I've only seen it written. I may have just said a slur, but <laughs> it's the it's the, it's the loose T Rex in Africa. <laughs> oh, that sounds cool. See, that sounds so cool though. Yeah, my favorite cryptid is like the Jersey Devil because mm. it sounds so ridiculous, but it looks so cool. And then it, like it looks animal, and en- if it looks animal enough to where I'm like, oh, someone totally saw an animal run by, and they just saw one thing, and then they just like their brain filled in the spaces. Yeah, I think those are fine for cryptids. I think those are cool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, this is not the topic. Isn't cryptid games the the one that always comes to my mind in terms of dinosaur games? is actually the Jurassic Park games, Mm -hmm. the ones where it's like a closed booth in the arcade. Did you ever play this? Uh, You know, my dad used to be on a bowling team, and when he went in, I would go into the bowling arcade, but he never gave me any money, so I just watched, like, the demos. And there was a Jurassic... terrible. Yeah, you know, it was a Jurassic Park, (laughs) uh, like, a light gun shooter, where you're like... Yes. it, It had, like, curtains, and... Yes, that's what I'm talking about. you were in a Jeep. Yeah, no, I could... I could close my eyes and replay that. The issue with that watching that one is you would just be sitting inside that Jeep, and then when someone came in, it would be real awkward. Like, someone that wanted to play, it'd be real awkward. Yeah. Being like, oh, I, I'm just here to watch the thing. I, one of my favorite things about the arcade experience is how, like, authentic it would try to, like, build the experience around. Like, make a Jeep. So now you're inside a Jeep. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then that, that, that helps immerse you so much. The only thing comparable is when they make peripherals uh for your controllers like a guitar for your guitar hero yeah like that's the only way you can like sort of help imagine you know yourself the true immersive jurassic park experience that franchise known for people mowing down dinosaurs with automatic weapons beautiful the games are hard though i remember whenever i would play them like Light gun games in general would be like you would die in the first 10 minutes. But like Jurassic Park, I would like put in a dollar and I would die within the first like three minutes. That's how it gets your money, man. You spare no expense. What about Turok? Were you a Turok kid? I I wrote down Turok. Turok is probably like among all of these, even Dino Crisis. Turok is probably the biggest dinosaur franchise, right? Well, here's the thing. I've only played the multiplayer in the first level of Turok. 
is it actually set in the past or is it a planet with dinosaurs? I think it's a planet with dinosaurs. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not a Torok lore expert. No. Is it like Star Fox Adventures? <laughs> it is not like Star Fox Adventures. Okay. It is not a furry game. No. Okay. Well, you know, there's like dinosaur planet there. No, yeah, no, I know what you're talking about. You're asking if they are, these are technically aliens. Yeah. That's what you're wondering. I'm wondering that, right? yeah. I have no idea. Okay. Thankfully, Dino Crisis is, like, officially dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah, it is fully dinosaurs. It is 100% dinosaur. I don't know anything about Ark. Do you know what Ark is? It's that game Vin Diesel's in the sequel of. Uh, really? You don't remember that? At, like, the uh, Game Awards, was it? I remember he was in something. I don't remember. I think it, it was, was the art. 2020 Game Awards. There was like this long ass trailer with CGI caveman Vin Diesel. And then at the very end, it was revealed to be Ark. And the entire time, I thought it was a Turok reboot with Vin Diesel as Turok. That'd be sick. But no. You know, yeah. my, my cousin plays Ark. Um, oh. Eh. What is it? I literally don't know it's, what it it's is. It's a survival game. It's like Rust. Okay. Okay. And there are dinosaurs, but there are also dragons and some sort of weird, giant, like, crustacean thing. I don't know. Anytime I see her playing it, she's just making, like, stables for her mini dragons. Oh, see, that's so cool. That's the thing I, I was going to say. Like, I think that is the future of dinosaurs <laughs> is is park builders and animal keeping. Well, and... And they've done that with Jurassic Park as well. Well, the true best dinosaur game is Zoo Tycoon 2. <laughs> Does Viva Pinata have dinosaurs? Don't know. Didn't know it on Xbox. Damn. I, I could not tell you. I would not be surprised. Anyways, tell me t- tell me about Zoo, Zoo Tycoon 2. Zoo Tycoon 2, their very last expansion was uh, Extinct Animals. And it wasn't just dinosaurs. It was also like giant sloths. They and, had dodos, right? Yeah, there were dodos. Uh, dodos were one of the mascots and dodos could get a horrible disease that turned them pink that's so funny uh the real thing that that expansion allowed is now there are a whole lot of zoo tycoon 2 horror machinimas about being hunted by dinosaurs Uh, i'm going into a real niche corner of the internet with this one i watched so many zoo tycoon 2 horror machinimas i'm gonna be real i think people tuned out like 20 minutes into the elden ring thing i think this is just like a this is this is gonna be a fuck it podcast we're speaking into the void yeah well the only other the only other dinosaur game i can think of is peter jackson's king kong for the ps2 there you go well there's did you play that's the thing i wanted to ask you because you're like a big fan of that right a big fan of that one uh i yes i guess yes i like it more than the movie okay well the thing was is like i don't know if you know this um i played parts of the 360 one and i was like that was back when the 360 just came out and that was like one of the fucking games to be like whoa look at the graphics so like i enjoyed the 360 game are those the same games i believe so here's the thing how has everyone played peter jackson's king kong the video game i would it was like crazy to me in high school i'd be like oh one of the games i had on the ps2 was king kong and five people would turn their heads people i'd never spoken to and be like oh i love that game i I, man i don't know what it is i i think it just came out at the right time maybe for, for a lot of people again for 360 
the 360's first year was really bad. It was when, like, Dead Rising hit. Mm-hmm. That I was like, okay, finally 360 has games I care about. But, like, before that, it was, like, Call of Duty 2 and fucking King Kong. Yeah. Like, that That was, like, the first That's your year killer of, app. Uh, Xbox 360. Yeah, th- those were your fucking killer apps. So, like... And Cameo, Elements of Power. Sorry, I almost fucked up on that one. <laughs> cameo, Elements of... I have no idea what that is. Is that, like, the skill That is a game? rare title. Don't, don't worry about okay. it. It's done. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, yeah, I'm t- I think dinosaurs are in that. <laughs> there are, yeah, there are dinosaurs. Uh, Tomb Raider has a dinosaur at the start. It opens with a dinosaur, and then you downgrade to shooting gorillas. <laughs> have you have you done a Tomb Raider uh, retrospective? I've only played partway through the first Tomb Raider, Tomb Raider 2016, and Rise of the Tomb Raider. Um, it's on the list. It may be the one after Yakuza. I own all of them. I, I get the feeling Tomb Raider is like a juicy, juicy franchise explorer. That's what, what I, I mean? that's what I feel. I'm very curious. And now that I'm, yeah. I'm more adept to PS1 era gameplay with going through Resident Evil, I think I'll be, I'll, I'll splash into early Tomb Raiders just fine. So, so let me ask you, and this will be a good transition to our actual title. Before Resident Evil's retrospective, you were anti-PS1? I was more... How do I want to phrase this? I thought they were harder than they actually were. Um, I got Because, you know, I would hear, like, oh, Resident Evil 1 hasn't aged well. Like, the gameplay is so janky. And playing it, I was like, you know, it's not that it's old. It's not that it's, like, the devs didn't know what they were doing. It's just a style of gameplay we don't get anymore. And I think that's what yeah. bounces people off. Yeah. Yeah. No, 100% there. And then like in terms of graphics, I think that that like strict polygon look, I think that's very like, I like it. No, I, I, like, I actually enjoy the aesthetic. I, I like of, the aesthetic of PS1 games because um, it's just much more stylized. I'm not big on like super realistic graphics unless it's for, like, environments, but the people I could give or take. And I think the appeal of, like, PS1 and 64-era games is that all the characters look like action figures. Yes, yeah. And, and like, they're exaggerated in movement with, like, the posing mm-hmm. to, to make up for the fact that they can't move their mouth. Yeah. But, like, honestly, I, the expressiveness allows for sort of an artistic freedom, whereas, like, nowadays we're very, like, slave into uh, or beholden to realism yeah or at least semi-realism to where it's like okay we can't have this sort of thing anymore yeah when, when you make it so you can really tell a character's expression which is hard to do like uh yeah. there's a an example i was seeing passed around on twitter a few weeks ago where it was like the uh god of war 2016 yes that was 2016 sure. uh where it's like you can see cr- like kratos's expression change and it's like so subtly done, but it's like, like man, that like the animation on that is incredible. But I think when it comes down to what I would prefer, I like the more stylized approach. You know, yeah. it, it like anything, realism is a tool. I, I I agree, and you know what? We with this concept, we can go into our game of the week.
Okay, everybody. Uh, our game of the week is Dino Crisis. Dino Crisis. It is a nineteen ninety nine. What? Just Dino Crisis. There you go. A 1999 title for the PlayStation, computer, and Dreamcast. We played it on the PlayStation. I kind of wanted to play it on uh, the computer, but I didn't. Uh, Shinji Mikami and his team at Capcom wanted to take their success in founding Resident Evil as a franchise and as a survival horror genre staple and take it take that genre into a different direction. Uh, instead of the heightened fantasy elements of Resident Evil, he wanted a more grounded action sci-fi experience. With this, he decided to make the game about dinosaurs instead of zombies. In terms of design branding, the direction of the game was under panic horror rather than Resident Evil's survival horror. And the dinosaurs in the game's tone reflect this. Dinosaurs are often jump scares. They're less plentiful. They're more aggressive and persistent. They're able to track you with your blood spills, for instance. There would be uh, prototypical quick time events during cutscenes when the dinosaur would jump out. Other notable differences in the game include a heavier focus on puzzle design and real-time environments. Resident Evil had pre-rendered backgrounds, but they instead chose to have these environments rendered, and they have their own pros and cons, which we will probably discuss. Mm. The story of the game is that in the distant future of 2009, a special operations team sends an agent named Tom undercover to a top-secret island facility. There, he discovers a scientist prodigy named Dr. Kirk, who had been believed to have been dead for three years. He's still alive, still researching some top-secret shit. The special ops team sends Gail, Rick, Cooper, and you, the player, Regina, uh, to go to the island and acquire Kirk. That is the only objective, other than to get off the island alive. The only, the only complication is there's dinosaurs there. And I'm, that's all I'm going to say. Murph, what did you think of Dino Crisis? I think I prefer Resident Evil. <laughs> um, that's a good... I think that's it. That's all There we go. In the podcast. Um, you know, I think it started strong. But even at like... How long did I play this? Four, four or five hours? I think it's too long. Or I think the pacing is the main problem. I'll phrase it like that. I think we both agree the pacing is the problem. I, I think this game could be rebalanced. This game should be harder. Hmm. You know... Th that was my thought. You know, yeah. Because at the start, I was like, oh, God, they made the hunters from, Res from like, late game Resident Evil the main enemies. This game is going to suck. But actually, you know what? Once you've played through all the Resident Evil games and you've learned how to dodge enemies with tank controls, that, that yes. skill never leaves you. I barely got hit by any enemies i barely used they, they, healing. they 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 start aggro and start attacking you way too late yeah i killed like three dinosaurs you mm -hmm. know what i mean yeah no no like, I, I just ran i yeah I, I get that i i think those late game uh demon raptors i don't even know what those are that's not a real when they changed the enemy type it got worse yeah yeah. But, like, those should have been their way earlier, and there should have been more variety. And the main... There's, like, four types of dinosaurs in this game. And they're all raptors. <laughs> yeah. 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 I was... Yeah. Well, there's... Uh, technically, there's pterodactyls, but, like, no. there's are in two screens. Yeah. I think... I think the lack of the variety in both the environments and the combat is what harms this. Like, you start off in a secret lab, and you end in a secret lab there's no it's all gray metal hallways i thought for sure at some point we were going to enter like 
maybe not like the jungle adjacent, but maybe like a terrarium or something, a greenhouse. And and you know something to to contrast with Resident Evil, for instance. But before people complain, and I'm not even gonna talk about the pre-rendered stuff yet. But like, what Resident Evil would do is it would have like a statue, and it would be such an obvious landmark. To where you would know exactly mm. what room this was. Oh, this is the room with the fucking dude jacking off statue. Yeah. I, I'll remember that. And then the <laughs> diary five rooms later will be like, oh, you need the gem of power for it, the dude jacking off statue. Yeah. And then it all makes sense. And instead, the puzzles in Dino Crisis, there's no dude jacking off statue. It's all fucking metal rooms. And then and it's, it's like, you got to go to this computer in hallway B. And in hallway B, there's three, you <laughs> there's gotta put three in, keys you need to you get. You got to put in the code that you got from the memo in cafeteria C. You need to write shit you down. You absolutely need to write shit down. This is, uh, Jason Scryer would love this game because you gotta keep a notepad by your side and write down everything. Oh my god. It, it got it got really bad near the end. I You know what? I don't know. I wish I played this again, or at least I, I caught up on the thing. Because there's, okay, I'll say this. There's multiple branching pathways mm-hmm. uh, that you could do the game. They don't often affect the story. Only the ending one affects the story. But that being said, like... Gameplay-wise, you could choose either Gale uh, options, which are usually to stick to the mission and are combat-oriented, or um, Rick's missions, which are usually have to do with, like, saving somebody and then or figuring out puzzles. Yeah. And every single time, I would choose Rick because, narratively, Rick seems like the better guy. I like Rick. I like Rick. Rick is, um, you can't see what I'm doing, but I'm making a gesture with my wrist. Like, I, 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 Rick, I'm doing the gesture as well. Rick is a good guy. Rick could be played by Little Nas X, is what I'm saying. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. No, but like, I think he's, I think he's a very positive character. I liked Regina and I liked Rick. Yeah, I think Gale is good enough to contrast, but I don't like Gale, obviously. But that being said, like. I don't know if I prefer those characters more than a Resident Evil character, but there's a there's a there's an appeal to this kind of story that I don't mind. Yeah. Um I like that all the characters Casey, are competent. Right. Yes. I, I I like that. Um I I think I think when it goes to pacing what you said, narratively it becomes a problem because spoiler alert for Dino Crisis, you find Dr. Kirk like what halfway through or something it's like at like, hour three and then you lose him <laughs> yes yeah and and then then it becomes oh you have to get out of off the island don't worry about dr kirk he'll come back later scripted yeah and then it's like okay well then fuck man and it, that that's such a sh- like a lame way to peter out and there's a there's an element of it i appreciate i appreciate that this team like this narrative team or whatever like these guys they don't have to save the world. They don't have to save the mm. island. They don't care about that. Yeah, there's not they a only have to care worry about, about the, the dinosaurs mission. breaking out. Yes, there's none of that. Now, that being said, those would give stakes. Mm. That, that would justify the length it has. Instead yeah. of having a drawn-out length of me escaping. 
dude, just let me escape. Yeah. You, know I mean? you get to the you get to the boat dock, and it's like, oh, we can't leave. There's a vortex blocking the hallway. This specific hallway. You haven't encountered a vortex anywhere else. Oh my god. Oh, and then like narratively, it gets bad near the end when when everyone starts talking in techno babble, mm-hmm. and then they talk to you like. You have to do this techno babble. You're going to have to figure out stabilizers and initializers. Regina doesn't have the technical know-how. <laughs> I don't, so I'm I I agree with Gail. You know what? You know what? In in uh Gail's defense, that stabilizer construction system seems yeah. real sketch. Why does it work like that? <laughs> Yeah, in Gail's defense, I I think I probably should have chosen his his options more. Um, I, I, the puzzles in this game were probably too esoteric. Again, it goes to the it goes to the location thing where you can't identify things as well. I don't know if it's necessarily a pre-rendered problem versus no. a uh, when the camera moves to follow you in some hallways. That blew my mind. Yeah. Resident Evil didn't do that till the Dreamcast. I, I, I think that's so, I think it's really cool. And it really helps for like, th- I'll say the thing that's good about the dinosaurs is I think they work best when they're scripted. Yeah. I think they work best when they pop out as a jump scare. Yeah. And then it's like, and then, and then the camera's following you as you're running down a hallway or you're running down like a, a like a rail thing. That shit's cool. Yeah. They, they work for chase sequences. Yes. And then they don't work for the general zombie hallway. Yeah. Because they don't work when I need to get to this room and there's four dinosaurs blocking my path. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then, like, the game's not even as fun. I think the game has a much no. more limited gun selection. I will say I enjoy the targeting more. Um, mm-hmm. This game's better about actual gunplay. You can uh, walk and aim at the same time. Yeah, stuff like that. But, like, those are small improvements that Resident Evil as a series probably would have done anyways. Um, Like, I like this, like, I like all three Resident Evil PS1 titles more than this. I, I would, I would agree with that. Yeah, I would. I would pretty strongly agree with that. If I put this into my like Resident Evil ranking, I think it would probably go like low C tier. Um, well, I think it's inspired. I yeah. guess the thing is, I do think this is worthy of a franchise. And like Dino Crisis Two will address some of our complaints, and like it's more action oriented, so it worries way less about like the bullshit. Okay. But, like that being said, like this is not this is not a ten out of ten title. The idea of like panic horror. Like, it's less about survival, it's more about... Because the thing that works in Resident Evil PS1 games is you had the safe room, and that's the room where you could save, it's where you could take stock of your inventory with the item box, and then you're like, okay, I need to go here, here, and here. It's like like a base camp. You're prepping for where you need to go. Dino Crisis doesn't really have that because it doesn't have the item box. All key items don't take up a slot, which is nice, but then you're just coming across items that you can't pick up, and really, I never came back to any of those things because I was like, well, three rooms ahead, there's probably going to be another first aid kit that I'm not going to use. Like, the inventory I had at the start of the game is basically the inventory I ended the game with. And, and then there's, like, so much forgiveness. There's, like, there's continues. You can continue in yeah. this game. There's resuscitators. I didn't even realize. I was like, oh, there's, like, just another way for me to not die. Yeah. Like, it... It, it boggles my mind because the game's not built for that. You know, I would say thinking 
and trying to contrast it with Resident Evil. You know what I think Resident Evil did that is so obvious for Dino Crisis? I'm shocked they didn't do it for this, which was a predator. Mm. Like, they, they didn't have, like, a uh, Mr. X or a Nemesis. They have a T-Rex here, but the T-Rex is so obviously scripted and big. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas, like, and it's like, you are you can very clearly recognize the rooms in which you're, the enemy mobs can or can't go into. And they're just general mobs, so there's no, like, sort of tension yeah whereas if there was like a oh there's like there's the badass dinosaur that can go into the secret rooms that the other ones can't that that would add tension to it there's no it's all panic no sur- survival yeah you know it's like like the dinosaurs do have like all these like things they can do like they'll they'll cause you to start bleeding which makes it easier to track you or they can knock your gun out of your hand with a tail whip but it's like that but that's cool. but it's like you know with with all those things stacked up onto it you're never going to want to engage with them like yes in that sort of circumstance it's like why why would you you can um I like the laser grids like yeah. I think that the game should have been built more around that like setting up barriers that the dinosaurs can't go through and you have to like sort of you're making your own sort of maze of safety. Bil- building it around that would be really cool to where like you can dictate the terms of how they engage with you after you've cleared the hallway once. Yeah. But then there's still issues for you to pass because then it's like, oh, now I got to turn off the laser grid. Oh, no. Yeah. And like, yeah. you know, the dinosaurs can chase you through doors. So I'm not sure how they have the clearance to go through these key card doors. They're very smart. Murphy. They are. Um, but I think if you had like a mechanic where you could talk to Rick, who's the security guy and be like, okay, I need you to open these doors. And maybe there's like, I don't know, an issue with the power system. So he can only open so many doors and you need to decide what sort of path you want to take. Um, it's weird when the game tells you where to go. And then sometimes it just won't. Was that weird for you? Yes. 100%. When, when, whenever it pulls up the map and then it gave me a red spot, I was like, great, you're doing a good job game. But then the game, what the game will do sometimes is it, it will say what you need to do, but it's only a line of dialogue. Mm-hmm. And the line of dialogue is layered in techno babble. Yeah. And then you're like, Oh no, what, what? There are some, and then I have to replay the thing. So I, I understood what was said. Yeah, going back to the puzzles, there are some, I think these are some of the hardest puzzles in the PS1, like, era, if we're putting them alongside the Resident Evil games. Like, it's, it's, God damn it. This, so beats, many doors. This, beats, this is like puzzle crisis, to be honest. Yeah. That, and the dinosaurs are like the subtitle. Yeah, do you like um, not quite Wordle? Yeah. <laughs> there's There's so many, there are doors that you need two keys for. You need a disc and you need a drive. And then you've got to solve a eliminate the letters to find the word puzzle. Except partway through, they change it to, God, I didn't even read that whole document. I just started, uh, you know, a full disclosure. I leaned on a guide. Um, okay, I, I can tell you what they end up doing. They, they, they Okay, initially they do that. And then when they add numbers, then it's like A equals one, okay. right? And then they do it like, oh, sometimes the numbers mean the column is the one you ignore. So you ignore entire columns. And then there's times where it's like you ignore entire blocks or whatever. Yeah. So then, yeah, I use the guide too, but I use the guide pretty much at the very end when I had to assemble the thing. For yeah. Work. So the problem at that point, I was like, I have no idea where I'm going. Yeah. The problem with that, like 
concept is you can't reference back to those rules. It's written down in one memo in a room, like, at the midpoint. Yes. And so if you forget yeah. what those rules are, then you're not going to be able to solve the puzzles. Uh, oh, man. There's a part where you the- have to scan fingerprints. I like that. Okay. The- I like the first time you do it. Mm. I don't like it after that. Yeah. You've got to scan fingerprints to find someone with clearance. And the first time you do that, I will admit there are, like, clues as to which dead body it is. But at the same time, I could see someone just running around for hours trying to find yes. the right body to scan. Did you do the main clue? The well, Which was the main clue? That, the main clue for the first time is... Oh, that it was uh, whoever basically... immediately exited the elevator? No, it's... Uh... When you go into that room and you find out the the gu- there's a scientist a specific one right yeah you get the beeper you have to call the guy and his beeper rings oh no and then the beeper rings on the corpse no I didn't know you could do that yeah that's interesting so that okay. one is like super signposted if you look around the room okay okay that's kind of neat um what about the puzzle uh yeah you would have seen this because you did all of rick's methods where you have to listen to the beeps a key code makes and oh my god then replicate it so it's you oh my god you have to put in this key code but you don't know what the code is so you listen to a recording of a conversation of two scientists who are like keying it in and you're here like beep boop boop beep boop and you have to identify which keys make those sounds and put them in it's you know, the thing is, is the game is creative with the puzzles. I don't think this was the game for them, no. nor are they appropriate for the moment. No. I like the crane puzzle. I like the I like the movement ones or the spatial ones. Yeah. I enjoy those, and I like the ones where it's like tile stuff. But that being said, it's like, it, again, it, it reminds me of puzzle. It's like, it's this is a puzzle crisis. Game. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's so much time dedicated like the to deciding where to go and solving puzzles. Yeah. And then the dinosaurs are kind of just flavor dressing because they're not, yeah. they're not that difficult really. I mean, it's annoying when you get hit because it's now it's like, Oh, I've got to, now I've got to apply the hemostat, you know, because that doesn't, the first aid kits don't take care of blood loss and the hemostat doesn't heal you. Is there a way of knowing how much damage your character has taken? I have no idea. Well, technically I think there might be when you do the mix. I didn't really pay attention to the mix. Oh yeah. The mixing is useless. I have no idea what the mix other than making better anesthetic darks, but I don't know the difference between a, a first aid kit medium and a first aid kit medium plus plus. Oh my God. I don't know about the plus plus. Because all of them say, all of them say in their description heals you back to full health. I think an L repairs you, repairs your bleeding. That being said, there's multipliers. Did you not mix the multipliers? Uh, yes, a few times. But then, the, but it would go to your problem of now you've got too much yeah. shit and, and there's too much inventory. And then it's like, oh, none of this is, all of it's useless. Yeah, I don't, I really don't get like the mixing system. If it was. I don't know. You could use it to, I guess you can use it to make those anesthetic darts, but those darts are also pretty easy to come by. And I use the darts more than the shotgun or whatever. Like if there was like a room with like a problematic amount of dinosaurs, I would put them to sleep and really hope I didn't have to go in that room again. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's what I did too. Yep. Uh, 
let's talk about things that I liked about the game. I tried to think about it. I, you know, I, I like Regina. I don't think she's better than Jill. I compare this game to Resident Evil 3. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I'd get that. Um, I, I think Resident Evil 3 is what I would want out of this game. Mm-hmm. You'd want it to be more chaos. Yeah, yeah, more chaos. And, like, when I was reading the Wikipedia thing regarding, like, the heightened fantasy of Resident Evil, this game is not grounded. No. You know what I mean? No, not at all. The The dinosaurs come in through a time portal distortion caused by a new form of energy. But only the carnivores. Only the carnivores. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, I Okay, when you talk about the ruins or whatever, that would be the cool thing because, like, in the story, yeah, it basically is like it switches whatever the space is from here, modern day, yeah. to the prehistoric times, right? And, and that would be cool to be able to walk into a part of the lab that was a, a oh, fucking Oh, like a prehistoric forest. jungle? That would be cool. Yes! And that would be real mysterious. Like you walk through a door and suddenly you're in like a completely different environment. Yes. I think they do that in the later games, to be fair. Okay. But they didn't do it here. So they fucked up. Yeah. No. I think. Yeah. It's just. It's just feels just a bit more limp than it probably should be. Oh, what's, <laughs> what's that sound? What? Broken. You know what that sound means? It's time what? for voice actor trivia with Murph. Oh, there we go. I'm I'm very fascinated by '90s games voice casts because. There's there's two paths. Either the voice actor vanishes into obscurity, or you look them up and they're now like running a corporation. What? Which one's this one? Uh, so we'll start with with the voice of Rick, who is probably the most famous slash infamous person here, Richard Yearwood. Uh oh. Um. Okay. I immediately clued in to who I recognize his voice from. He was the voice of Donkey Kong on the TV uh-huh. show. Oh, that makes sense. Oh, that makes sense. Oh, that's classic. But not the of singing course. voice. No, that no, yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, but now he is currently a big-time producer for the Home and Garden Network. That, if you're hey, if you're like that, my mother and love the show Love It or List It, he created that. There you go. He's moving on up. To be honest, that's a step up. Yeah. Um, that just <laughs> The other two uh you got Gale's voice actor, he didn't really do much else. He's a stage actor mainly. Uh, you may recognize him as the voice of Jerry from Totally Spies. I don't. Well, <laughs> I do. <laughs> no, it's a completely different voice. Uh, and then lastly, Regina uh, does not look like she's done a whole lot. She's trying to break into serious film directing in Toronto. She's directed a lot of Canadian shows. But on the voice acting front, uh, she was on one of my favorite Disney XD shows, Yin Yang Yo, where she was the voice of Yin. Do you remember that show? No. No? You know, in a world of chaos and disarray, brother and sister save the day? No. (laughs) Well then. No. God. No. (laughs) This is scarier than the dinosaurs. What the fuck? No. We gotta burn this. I'm surprised there's no flamethrower in this game. There's like no weapons in this game. You know what? That's true. I was very surprised at no point Gale didn't give you like his machine gun. That's what, literally, it's like a pistol with, 
they have a lot of upgrades to be fair yeah the upgrades like are kind of like whatever man it's like pistol shotgun and grenade launcher i don't know if there's more but it doesn't no, feel like i it. didn't i didn't find any others and the guide i was looking at didn't mention any others it's yeah it's those three and you can upgrade them and your shotgun can shoot darts yeah that's very lacking it is it's limp like that and it, and to be fair to shinji mikami he was like producing like six resident evil titles at the time of making mm-hmm. this yeah so like and like i like resident evil 3 code veronica like you know what i mean yeah. like i can't blame him and this is definitely like for me this is a good adventure out of the genre but like it's an interesting man. it's an interesting little artifact but i don't think it deserves like the i don't know cult classic status that i know it has yeah Oh, Stephanie Morgenstern, the voice of Magina, was also the uh, fifth best Sailor Scout. She was Sailor Venus. There we go. The fifth the best? You do you have a ranking of them off the top? Yeah. Okay, all right. Well we'll get we'll save that. We'll bookmark that for another podcast. <laughs> we are we are scrounging for things to say about Dino Crisis. I'm very surprised Gail did not I didn't very surprised Gail did not have a Wesker twist. I was you know, I was I was thinking that I was comparing it to the first Resident Evil a lot, and part of me liked part of me liked the cinematicness. I like the voice acting in this, like I do. Mm-hmm. I I liked I liked their performances, generally speaking. And then, like, yeah, Gale's, Gale seems sinister, but he's just, like, on top of it. Respect to Gale, he's just a guy that does the mission. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think in one of the endings, if you choose to uh, let him die, spoilers, uh, then he, like, reveals to you the mission was, like, a front. And that they wanted to recruit Dr. Kirk rather than arrest him oh oh i see this all makes sense uh i did watch the different cinematics for the endings i guess i chose like the easiest one to do which is the one where you just leave uh yeah but in one of them you get on that hover boat did you get the boat or the helicopter i did the helicopter and i saved kirk okay if you get on the boat rescuing because i guess you can choose say you're gonna rescue uh you can Kirk? do you can you can find Kirk no matter what you say. Yeah. I chose Rick. Rick beat up Gale and then I still found Kirk. Okay. But there's like yeah, if you leave by the boat in one of the endings, the T-Rex hops in the water and swims after you like at motorboat so speed and you have to get on the hoverboat and shoot rockets at it. That is a persistent T-Rex, I will say. That dude is so hungry and so grenade proof. <laughs> I I respect it. I respect the grind. I want to know. I want the game from the T Rex's perspective. I wish there was. I wish that was an alternative game mode. You know, because where you could just attack. There's no, one. Seriously, that'd be cool. There's one part where you're like in the basement, and the elevator opens up, and the T Rex comes out. <laughs> yeah. It's like to be fair, there was a dude on the elevator, but he still hit the button with the T Rex on it. Yeah. I don't know. I just imagine these dinosaurs are super intelligent and can operate machines. They can. They can follow you through sliding doors. There you go. Yeah, yeah. I like what they I what did you think of the pop-up moments? The 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 proto quick time events. Um, I think that's the only time they really worked as a threat, like you yeah. said. It, it's like we said, start. Anytime the dinosaurs are like chasing you, that's when 
they work as an enemy because they make these horrible sounds as they go after you and you can hear their thundering footsteps. Um, yeah. Some of them are a bit silly, like the one that jumps out of like the electrical vents. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. I noticed sometimes that I, I don't know how their scripting works. I was I was kind of fascinated by that. Sometimes I would walk into a, a room or whatever and like it would it the thing would trigger and then if I had to restart or something, the thing wouldn't trigger. I, I was so curious as to their AI. Hmm. I I think that was cool, but that being said, it didn't make for an interesting game as I was playing it. Yeah, I know that Shinji Mikami really wanted the the dinosaurs to be smart. And, like, remember things the player did and adapt. Like, if you used your your gun on them, then they would try to rush you down quicker. But the PS1 just couldn't handle that. Yeah. I think they needed to be more focused in regards to the enemies or something. Or have a more enemy variety or something. I think you you could have done a shorter narrative with more branching paths. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, okay, so the branching path thing reminds me of how Resident Evil 3 does it. Mm. And Resident Evil 3 was just better about it. I don't know, man. Just. I guess, well, Resident Evil 3 would have branching options where it's like, do you want to fight this enemy or run away? And usually running away was the best bet. It just sort of. Whereas this, it's like you're getting completely different gameplay. And it's. Yes. Yeah. You're actively choosing to do the complicated puzzle. Or engage in more boring fights. Yeah. And, like, I, I kind of switched. I did Gale's method once. It was, like, the th- the second choice you have to make. Sure. Uh, where it's, like, hack Dr. Kirk's computer or just run and grab the thing. Yeah. And I chose to just run and grab the thing. And you know what? There was only, like, five dinosaurs on the way. That makes sense. And then for the very last choice, I chose Rick's method, which was... Because at that point, I was just like, eh, this seems like this would be quicker if I just, like, look at the codes. I wish I chose, I wish I chose Gail's thing for the, for, for assembling the bullshit. Assembling oh, yeah. the bullshit was too much for me, man. That broke me. Yeah, that. That made me dislike the game. I was going to say this game was like a, like a six or seven. And, and like, playing, it playing adds the a whole, thing at the end made It adds, adds, like, a whole half hour to the playtime. And it's just running back to places you've been in and using the disc on the machine. How many power sources does this factory have? Oh my god, don't get me started. There were... You know, it's weird. There was one part, like, early on, when the very first time you have to fix a generator, there's, like, a machine for, like, charging a battery that never comes into play. I, I noticed that. Yep, yep, yep. I don't know. I feel like there were definitely, like, vast... I don't know, the game just doesn't feel finished in that regard. Like, I kept walking up to machines, and it's like, this is the machine that opens doors. And I was like, oh, that's going to come be to like, play. Okay, I guess I'll be back here later. And that really only happens near the end, where it's like, okay. Because, like, it's very clear once you go into the lab, the lab is like a completely separate... It's a point like, of no return. You can't go back. Yeah. Just, whew. So, like, they, they've con- they constructed that a little bit more uh carefully but that being said like everything else is yeah no i don't i think it like i said it's low c tier and that's just mainly on the concept i i i think it would work as a remake but it looks like capcom's going in a different direction i was gonna say this game would be a fucking sick like resident evil 2 remake style thing yeah like that engine that like mode resident evil 3 remake those would be perfect for dino crisis yeah with the sparse number of enemies 
Like I would totally, yes. I would, I would be on board with that. And then you could really get the more like predator feel of the Raptors. Yes, and and they could they could have all that stuff we just complained about. And like they and like it's not like Resident Evil two and three didn't have puzzles. Two did have puzzles, but they're like Resident Evil is so much better about how it does puzzles. It's mm. not even funny. Yeah. Well, sometimes they can get a little point and click adventure. Like all you need is the right item to use on a thing. Like I think they. I mean they they streamlined it a bit too much uh, by the end. But that being said, like. I would just it feels it feels more natural for me to solve that instead of go to a computer yeah. and then solve a Tetris equation. Mhm. Yeah. I think this game definitely is from the era where you had to write things down even like to help you understand a puzzle better. It just eh, I don't know. I'm curious to play the sequel, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I I think I will explore the sequel because the sequel looks like it it like it it does do a different direction. It 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 wants more adrenaline. And I think that's what this game needs. This game needs adrenaline. Yeah, for a panic you know? horror, there's a lot of downtime. Yeah. There's a lot of like, yeah. eh. you know, I, I, this is the one game I think would be fine with just constant forward momentum. Yes. Yeah. Or or like, and the the downtime doesn't have anything scenic to it. Yeah. A lot of downtime games will have like a breathable moment where you can enjoy the environment. There's no enjoying the environment here. That is the one problem I will say with the pre-rendered versus the real time is like a lot of the real time stuff. It has to be more bare bones because of the assets, especially yeah. if you need to have dinosaurs in it. Whereas so then it's like with pre-rendered, there's more texture. There's more character. Yes. Someone had to fucking make an image and carefully craft the personality in it. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Actually, no, I, I take it back. I want the game from Rick's perspective. I want the perspective of the guy just sitting in the room tapping on a computer for while everyone else does the important stuff. Oh, that reminds me of that one fucking game. You know the... Five Nights at Freddy's? The, no, uh, I was talking about that PlayStation 2 game where, like, you were the phone operator and you're, like, guiding a woman through, like, a space attack. You know what I'm talking about? No, what? There's, like, a PlayStation 2 game where you use the microphone and the microphone obviously it's not very good because it's like hey you pikachu but a horror yes it's hey you pikachu but you're guiding a woman out of like a space resort it's hey you woman while there's like a monster thing i don't remember the name of it i really wish i like knew it off the top but like it that sounds like that huh okay Huh. I'll include it in the description and then I'll message you later. <laughs> but yeah, that, that 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 would be fun and that that sounds okay if it worked. Probably doesn't. Mm. Well, in terms of a space-time distortion bringing monsters into a science lab, is this better or worse than Half-Life 1? Oh, Half-Life 1's clearly better yeah, than this. Yeah. No, one. no, that's <laughs> Half-Life 1 is oodles better than this. Half-Life 1 is exciting. <laughs> yeah yeah and, and like i think that's a really good way to say like there's the there's a difference between dated half-life one was dated but like there's still a very like the design is still solid it's yeah. rock solid baby 
Whereas this one, it's like, well, there's some mistakes here, buddy. Mm -hmm. And the enemies respawn. I forgot to bring that up when we were talking about combat. There's no reason to kill any of the raptors because they respawn. Yeah, yeah. And it's and it's so inconsistent. So it's just not pleasant. It's just not a pleasant experience for that. No. Whereas, like, you could plan for getting rid of the zombies. Yeah, and that was, I mean? like, the, the bullet economy in Resident Evil is great because you know how many... And this is the reason why I didn't. I realized later I didn't click with RE2 Remake that much. Is that, like, encountering a zombie was always, like, a question of economics. Like, I know it takes about five bullets to... It takes about three bullets to knock over a zombie, maybe, like, seven to kill it. So, can I spare that many bullets, or is this a wide enough room that I can dodge around it? It, It's a transaction every time. And and in Resident Evil 2 Remake, you were not sure. That, That number was an X. Yeah. And that scared you. Yes, I think that. And and here, it's sort of the same thing, where I guess there is the question of, can you spare the bullets? But the answer is always, you should run around it. Yes, yeah. All right, Murph. Well, well, let me ask you, like, now that we've played, I think we've played a lot of exhausting games. When are we going right? to play a good game on this podcast, Brogan? Well, she fucked up. But we should downsize. Yeah. I think we should go back to basics and play a nice easy simple game that's Man. enjoyable yeah like world of goo <gasps> the best Wii game i don't know about don't that. at me <laughs> i don't know but that's a hot take that you'll defend the best we wear game i think that's fair i think that's like i think i think world of goo is like the ultimate we wear game yeah well tune in next time funyuns <laughs>